ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season five, episode five of Digital Grocer. I'm your host, Sylvain Perrier, president and CEO of Mercatus Technologies. And joining me from the safety of his COVID free bunker, Mark Fairhurst. Mark. So it, it is it is very much COVID free. I think that's it is, is that well, not behind us. That's behind us. Well, you know, the latest news now as of as of last night was uh, France has hit 70 is hitting 71,000 cases on a daily basis. So they're officially in their seventh wave. And so kind of going to be an interesting time, I think, when we hit the fall. Bite your tongue. I, I, I will after because I need it right now to be able to do this podcast. Uh, so we are back to uh, what I like to call part two, is, which is of a three-part series where we are talking about the effects of inflation on the industry. Uh, our previous episode was with Zach Wilson mm-hmm. uh, in charge of e-commerce over at Raley's. Kind of talked about what's occurred coming out of the pandemic. What did Raley's do? the early effects of inflation, the impact on e-commerce, what did we see in terms of the differences between delivery and pickup? Uh, It's really exciting. And we want to continue that. And we decided to bring in a very special guest uh, to help us out to kind of get a perspective of what happens really fundamentally behind the scenes from a merchandising perspective, an operations perspective. And it's John Luco. Uh, John is a retired president and chief operating officer from Giant Eagle, and he also sits on a bunch of boards. And I want to welcome John to Digital Grocer. Hi, Sylvain. Hello. Nice to be here. It's, it's great to have you, John. So let's let's jump in. You know, so now we're seeing in North America, COVID-19 has really uh, subsided independent of what, what's happening in Europe and a potential resurgence, uh, which at this point, uh, we're not sure. But for the time being, have you seen a shift in, in how e-commerce or not e-commerce, but how retailers are reacting to a certain extent with respect to COVID or inflation? Well, inflation, obviously, with the um, what's happening with the with supply chain, um, there's many drivers to what's happening in inflation. Uh, The the, the supermarket guys are struggling with labor and the price of labor, Uh, raw materials, input uh, materials, uh, transportation now with fuel uh, and the availability of products, so they're they're fighting this this fight from a mul- multiple points of view. Uh, most of these guys, if not all, are up to it. They they thrive on this, but it's a very very challenging and difficult time. And so there's a lot of blocking and tackling, obviously, happened, happening at the merchant level, I would suspect, at this point. A lot of blocking and tackling from the merchant's point of view. Understanding what assortment looks like, what package sizes look like, how fast they would choose to pass pricing along to customers. Um, so in, in the availability, uh, there, there's still a lot of categories that I think um these companies are struggling to source so 
So I would suspect, John, and, 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 you know, Mark and I just got back from touring the Midwest and we're hearing a lot of retailers and quite frankly, CPGs are doing this is a lot of skew rationalization kind of saying, Hey, this isn't sell. We, we, we don't want to carry it anymore. Is that something you're hearing in your circles as well? Uh, I'm hearing some of that. I'm also hearing, um, that production, um, challenges for the CPGs are leading some of the retailers to say, look, I don't want the full broad assortment. I need the higher turning, um, uh, higher demand items. So I, I've heard that, uh, I've heard that they're changing pack sizes so that they can, you know, make them smaller in some cases so that pricing can stay, uh, on par, um, family packs. So larger packs that create a value for, for consumers, um, that, that, that can be in perishables. It can be across, across the store. Um, and the other thing is, is, is own brands. I think people yeah. are, um, trying to promote own brands or highlight own brands so that they can show some, some value to, to the customers in these trying times. And so that's in interesting you say that because we just saw the numbers being published for Costco and they're surging right now. So the fact that people are willing to spend whatever, I think it's $90 for the membership, that they have access to the bigger club format of, of, the, of the same item. We're hearing mixed messages and I want you to help us set the industry straight that I'm hearing some retailers really like inflation, you know, because they can just pass the cost on and we're hearing that it is detrimental to the business and they're seeing the basket size become smaller. People are trading down into, um, the discount chains. And from your perspective, how, how do retailers react to this situation? Well, there is there is some element of truth to retailers embracing some level of inflation because of the fixed cost nature of the business, but um, they're dealing with inflation not only on cost of goods, they're dealing with inflation on multi multiple fronts, um, and labor really is a significant challenge uh, for all of them. So they're trying to balance a lot of things here. Um, there, there, there is some merit in the, in the idea that not all inflation is bad. So what's, what we're seeing right now, and you know, we're, we are, our part three is going to be with Claire Fan, who's the chief economist at the Royal Bank of Canada. And so we're going to be talking to Claire about the impact of the geopolitical situation, what's happening in Europe. Um, I think most people who follow the climate changes in Europe right now, we're seeing drought in France, drought in Germany, drought in Italy, um, and then the grain not leaving the Ukraine. It could have an impact on commodity prices, prices around the world. And so there's this idea if the feds pump the brakes too hard that we're going to end up in a recession, both in Canada and the United States. And you and I both lived through 08, 09, the financial crisis, which was, pardon my French, a shit show. 
And and so you live through this. How how do retailers prepare for going from a, uh, an inflationary period into a, a recession environment? Well, it, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on what's happening with um, labor, labor supply in the unemployment, right? Because um, if you have periods of high unemployment, um, it, it, it really compounds um, the inflation issue, correct? So um, what, what happened in 08, 09, their consumers, everyone thought they were going broke, right? They lost their 401k, they lost their stocks, they lost everything. Um, and what I think I remember from that was how, they, how their preferences changed, um, how they started to trade down whether they couldn't afford to buy, you know, filet, they would buy chicken or they'd buy more rice and grains and things like that. Um, I think the, the price guys, I think Aldi is an example that got discovered during 08, 09. Um, and the world has changed significantly since then, with, with uh, particularly with the pandemic accelerating uh, people embracing e-commerce and understanding how powerful that, that can be for, for uh, a retailer. Um, so I, I think that they're going to have to balance a lot of different things here. Um, you know, what's going to happen with the price of oil, what's happening with and how, how that affects customer, how it affects your, your own business, uh, yeah. whether inbound or private fleets. Um, so they have a lot um, that's coming at them. Absolutely. And John, you're a seasoned veteran. You, you, you know, prior to retirement, you were in the thick of things. You're working with retailers today in advisory capacity. If you had to give some advice to the retailers that are listening today, what would you say? Um, what I would say is stay calm. In adversity, there's always opportunity. And step back and don't, don't get caught in the fray so much. You know, it is a day-to-day -day battle. I, I, I get that, but I'd say stay calm, evaluate where opportunities are. Um, don't be afraid to take risks because you're going to have to take some risks here. Not everything's going to work. There's no shame in that. The shame is, you know, not recognizing it and trying to make it work and have fun with it. I, I think people, I wish I were in the fray. Uh, the, the, you know, people are going to learn a whole lot about themselves and their organization. Uh, and this is something they'll look back on and remember, and it'll impact them in profound ways. But maintaining oh. some level of calmness and having fun was always important to me. Yeah, well, that's well said. And, and I think if, if I remember back to 0809, the big, there were some bold moves made at the time. Like I, I remember Safeway you know, making that big decision to double down on private label early. And, and, and I think even still today, we're seeing that here in Canada uh, with a lot of retailers, Loblaws, Sobe is a big example. Margins are better, safer to protect. I think quite frankly, also easier to manage the supply chain. Well, perfect. John, thank you so much for being on the show. Love having you on. We will definitely get you back. Thank you, everyone. Take care and have a wonderful day. Thanks for watching and listening to our show. We've got more great episodes on digitalgrocer.com. 
And we'd love to connect with you on social media at Digital Grocer on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and at Digital underscore Grocer on Twitter. Like, subscribe, and click that bell icon so you never miss another Digital Grocer podcast.